This is the Public Record Podcast, the Coachella Valley's weekly business news journal. I'm managing editor Ken Allen. Oh, my guest today is Stephanie Green from FG Creative in uh, Palm Desert. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having Happy me. Happy to have you. We want to talk today about digital marketing. Who doesn't? That's the big buzzword, <laughs> isn't it? It is the first question on every client's lips. You know, I remember many years ago, uh, I was hired by uh, a trade association to do some focus groups with big buyers in mm-hmm. New York, premium brands. So we had all these media buyers in a couple of focus groups during the week, and um they had all started moving their marketing dollars from traditional media to digital media. And the question on the table was why? And the answer I got universally around the table was because our clients want something that's measurable. And I gave a dramatic pause and said, you mean they couldn't tell if the sales were increasing or decreasing before digital media? And they all laughed because they knew exactly what I was talking about. Right. How do you deal with that problem? Well, what we've learned, as we've all learned in our journey together, because digital is fairly still new and ever-changing, is to really manage the expectations of the clients and to be very blunt and realistic about what is going to happen. And I think what digital does best is build awareness, but it takes a tremendous budget because they have to see this everywhere they go. So we've all been victims of searching for a product on the internet and then logging onto our Facebook page and all of a sudden magically we're being followed by that product or Mm -hmm. service. And there's a reason for it because it eventually does work, especially if the offer changes and it keeps getting better. Free shipping, $20 off, um, buy one, get one free. As the offer changes, as they try to convert you into a buyer, that is a a process. And, And everybody thinks because these big brands do it, and they get chased around the internet, that they can do it on a smaller level. And the reality is the smallest buy that I've ever heard of any brand doing is 50 grand a month. Mm -hmm. But they expect to make five times or 10 times that in revenue. What I found with clients is first they come in saying, digital is all the bomb, I wanna be on digital. And so I usually ask, well, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Because it can be Google AdWords, it can be, Uh, banner ads that chase you around or retargeting. It can be advertising on social media platforms. So I need to know what is it you're talking about? And then what's your budget? Oh, well, no, but Facebook's free. That was my question. Don't a lot of people think that social media is Mm -hmm. just free so you don't have to pay anything? Well, because it was um, in the good old days. You could have a business. It wasn't a business page then, but you could have a page and you could promote your products and services and you could actually say, click on my website to buy. Mm. But that started getting shut down about four years ago when they they stopped the direct selling technique. And then you had the business pages and then there were new rules and guidelines for business pages. Mm. And then ever since Facebook got hauled in front of Congress and got their (laughs) hands slapped, um, there have been even more algorithms put in place to restrict business advertising to people utilizing Facebook that are not on business pages. Because now that they've made all their money, they have this altruistic goal that people should connect and and do what Facebook's original mission statement But if I'm a small restaurant, can't I just uh, tell my staff to go home at night and, and, and blog for my business all night long for free? On their you, own time? You can. You can't <laughs> demand it. And then you can't really control it. So yeah, um, yeah. that can be scary. Yeah. I think what a business has to understand is that Facebook has protocols and things you can do as a business. And as long as you go up through those 
portals, you can actually be very successful and move the revenue needle and move the engagement needle. You can't just run Google AdWords and expect your business to you know, go through the roof. It's a good start. The 50 plus group is the largest growing consumers of digital media, but they're still finding their way. We didn't grow up with this. Right. Um, and so you get a new app and it takes a while to figure it out or uh, you register for you know, a, a website or whatever. It takes a little bit of time to get familiar. So 55 plus is the largest growing segment on Facebook. They've learned that this is fun connecting with people from their school days and mm. connecting with their families and nieces and nephews they've never met, um, but as part of their family tree and especially with, you know, uh, the genetic testing and connecting with people that have the same last name and stuff has become very popular. That's an older crowd. So it sent the younger crowd running to other mediums. So Instagram became the hot ticket where people were hiding out from their parents. And, and now Instagram has gotten to be the more generic place, but you have to do it differently. You can't just share a Facebook post on Instagram and expect that to work. Um, and the kids are leaving Instagram and flocking to Snapchat and others that are messages that go up and go away. That's a good point because people are very fickle with social media. Yes. Remember, there wasn't too many years ago that MySpace yeah, was the where big... where the heck is that? And there was, there was even a big song by Brad Paisley yeah. about MySpace. And then within a year, it was history. Is that the fate of Facebook and some well, of these other sites? We know that Instagram is now kind of displacing Facebook. We've been wondering. Well, it's owned by Facebook, so yeah. I guess they don't care which one does I better. I suppose, yeah. Uh, well, and Facebook is such a huge lead over any other medium yeah. that... To hear that Facebook users is down 6% because of what happened with Congress, that was a blip. I mean, that's pocket change to But Facebook. look how big MySpace was at one point. Well, it was the only thing. Yeah. But it then it was too hard to use. Uh, you had to actually know how to write code to make your page look right. interesting. So it was a great start. Someone had a great idea, but you know, Zuckerberg and his crowd did it better because they made it easy and it was all formatted. So we didn't have to make choice. Mm -hmm. Everybody's page looked the same. I think that was compelling to people that didn't know how to write code and didn't have time to be creative. And if they weren't that creative, they were judged for it. So I think Facebook was the common denominator and made it easy for anybody who could use a computer to be comfortable. But you know, now Instagram, which again is is way more storytelling. You you can't really sell directly on Instagram and expect success. But if you tell a story, you can be very successful to mm -hmm. engage people with your brand. Well, now the kids or, you know, anyone under 30 is run over to Snapchat where stories come and disappear. So it's very hard to market. Where does YouTube fit into the social media well, that's constellation? King right yeah. King is is well, so this is funny. Google, you know, who owns the internet basically. In our world, we try to do what Google wants us to do. They decreed that uh, video was king. And certainly people on YouTube, you know, who are posting how-to videos or this is me playing a video game or, uh, you know. Unboxing reviews. Go and, with me on yeah. this trip or whatever. Um, it, by its own right, became incredibly popular. Um, you know, every TV show uploads clips the next day onto YouTube. So it became the thing that people shared. And then it became, you know, how many subscribers do you have? And then you could insert advertising in front of them. So it was taking over the world. But then Google decided that if you didn't have a YouTube channel, that you weren't going to be as searchable. And so when they rewrote those algorithms of what do you need to have to be searched at the, at the top, uh, YouTube became king. And 
it's the hardest one for a small client to take advantage of because you have to create video assets. Mm -hmm. And that's not up everybody's alley and not everyone has a budget for it. So while you can do an iPhone video, certainly if you're promoting your brand, you do want it to ring true to the brand. And so- You want to have a certain level of production value, right? And we do them on iPhones for some of our clients because we want it organic and a little scratchy. Um, And you don't want Gone with the Wind. You want something in the middle. So YouTube is challenging and it's not cheap to to create all of this. And then you've got to get subscribers and then you've got to get views. and, And that is a strategic methodology. You don't just upload a video. Let's talk about traditional media. What happens to traditional media 10 years from now? Newspapers, Good radio, Lord. television. Like, give me your th- top line on each one of those. My take on it is that every one of those has been declared dead and they're not. Yeah. Um, every other than MySpace, most things don't die that easily if they're run by smart people who reinvent the medium. Um, you know, TV was supposed to kill the movies. Mm-hmm. Nobody's killed the movies yet. Um, those stars are still making, you know, twenty million dollars a picture, and although the theaters are a little more empty than they used to be, well, but the movie industry would show you numbers that say there's just more seats. That's true. I mean, there and is a theater. They're not hurting on every block, and know? they're not hurt. You know, to, to all intents and purposes, I think they've gotten costs down, and and I they still do okay because people who like to go to movies go to movies. Mm. People who want to go into a store and touch and feel a jacket before they buy it. They may search it online, but they're going to still want to go look at it. Retail isn't dead. There are internet giants building brick and mortar to this right now. Wayfair was 100% online. Now well, there's stores. Amazon bought uh, Whole and Foods Amazon. for a retail presence. Yeah. You know, brick and mortar So retail presence. isn't dead. Yeah. Movies didn't die. So TV is probably the one. Well, TV and radio are being hit very hard by these digital options. But much like newspapers to people over 50 who still want to touch and feel the paper, newspapers have a little life left in them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not dead yet, but use them very specifically. Um, TV, I think, is done well by the big brands who have nothing but money because you have to have a tremendous amount of frequency and you have to do the spot well. Um, my favorite reference is Ford because the spot comes on and you hear Dennis Leary and he's reading in that signature voice the words that are on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then the truck is doing the things that the words say that he's saying. So if you've muted it, you can still get the message. If you're in the kitchen, Um, you can still get the message. So, and if you try to go through it- They're anticipating all the different ways people mm -hmm. use media They've put stop gaps at the parts that are most important to them. So if you can do it to the level Ford's doing it, then God bless you. You will, I mean, Ford isn't stupid. So- they're still the top selling truck in the country. Mm-hmm. And if they think TV is still viable to, to truck buyers, then, you know, I got to go with them on that. Um, TV has not died for all the big brands, but for a little company or a small local company to utilize television, I think it'd be very savvy. You've got to spend some money on production. You've got to have that spot look mm-hmm. national quality. Um, and you've got to buy the right programming because you don't want something people DVR because then they're blowing through the commercials. So local news is rarely DVR'd. Sports, rarely DVR'd, right. because it, they want to watch it, they in watch it now. Yeah. The first of Dancing with the Stars, the last of Dancing with the Stars. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to miss. Right. Um, so you just have to be smarter about where you spend those dollars, and that isn't cheap. Yeah. So you can get on local TV 
you know, inexpensively, but you get, you know, it's by how many people will watch. So if you want the top amount of people, then you pay a little bit more. So I, I still would put TV on a buy for a certain client, not every client. Um, and then radio is still 70% of people with cars listen to local people, radio. Yeah. But uh, you do have coming on services like Apple Music, which is just music. There are no commercials, no opportunity for, for commercials. Now, that'll for now, change. you think that'll change? That will serious change. Sirius has yeah. commercials, and I still have to pay for that. Pandora, you have the free option where people hear ads. There, right? But I will tell you that I think a lot of people still use all of the methodologies. Mm-hmm. Um, Pandora isn't always easily accessible. Um, you know, for a business to still have the radio on in your business because it's local. Um, I still tune in for local weather and traffic on my way into work. Cause you know, out here streets can go under construction overnight and my commute turns from 30 minutes into an hour. Right. Um, and that of course out here they're the missing, famous uh, for doing all three of my ways to get to work. That seems to be the missing uh, element here in, in the content creation in, in how to deal with the local news coverage. They I seem know, to have the national and regional. Well. Nobody's really nailed that to this new streaming now, media paradigm. I wish somebody would take a chance on programming during sort of core, core drive times um, because there's 500,000 of us that live here year round. Uh, in a resort market. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get to work. Yeah. We're trying to get somewhere to a meeting. Not all of us are retired. Not all of us are, you know, any one group. But as a business person here in town, I want to tune in because the earth just shook. Be nice to know if I f- could find out if that was a earthquake or a truck that went by. <laughs> um, something's happening with weather, like clouds are pouring over the mountains. Is there going to be a flood alert? Yeah. Um, because back in the day in Orange County, we had stations that were simply just gabbing about what's going on right now. Yeah. And they would break and they would tell you what just happened. And we don't really have that here. Um, but I can still listen to the breaks where they do weather and traffic. And I, I, it has saved me. So I'm still, I still dance between paid and local. Um, I think if my clients are selling to people Again, that 50 plus crowd, we're we're accepting these new opportunities, but we're not giving up the old. But that's also having enough money to do both. You know, I don't know if you want to sink all your money into local radio if you're trying to talk to some younger folk. But I will tell you, our younger stations out here are sold out. And when they do remotes, there's a thousand people. So mm-hmm. someone's listening, and mm-hmm. these are the target market that everyone claims is, does not listen ever. You know, you raised an interesting point. What about fragmentation? We now have Tons. so many choices now. If you were to advertise on every radio station in this market, and I think I counted about 20 on the Arbitron. About 26 left, yeah. Something like that. that 3000 a month, that's way more than any restaurant could afford. And obviously, mm-hmm. you could make a case that you don't want to be on every one of them, but there's a lot of very similar content on a number of them. Uh, how do you deal with that. When I was growing up here in the Valley, we had really two radio yeah. stations. And one TV station. And, and well, <laughs> and and one of the stations was pretty much aimed at the 23 and under crowd. And the other station was definitely the adult station. So it was pretty easy. A right. dollar a holler in those days by. How do you deal with that now with all of these choices? Just in the digital realm, there yeah. are so many choices. It's just more and more crowded. Yeah. There's a lot of white noise. There's a tremendous amount of people bidding for that banner ad that comes up on your weather.com. And so that's changing all the time or someone's spending more money than everybody else. And that's the only one you see. 
um, there's advertising coming at you from every angle and people are shutting down, um, which is why they enjoy Netflix and binge watching because they can suspend choice and reality. They can have a distraction free viewing for four hours. And there is absolutely no advertising, Mm -hmm. you know, on Netflix. But when you look at habits, people are watching Netflix and on their phones or their tablets. Yeah, they're introducing the distraction they're doing, back in. They're doing both. And yeah. so you can kind of reach them, but it's the distraction level of how much information can you take in. Do you think advertisers might start experimenting with maybe at some of the big agencies with combating fragmentation by doing what they used to do in kind of the golden age of radio and television, where one sponsor, like a Jello or mm-hmm. a cigarette company, sponsored the whole half hour and there was no other distraction from their, you know, be ad at the beginning of the show, the middle of the show, and the end of the show. And then there wasn't, wasn't a lot of other advertising to clutter up right. the entertainment. Do you think that might make a comeback? It is so interesting you say that because I recently tripped over a, my favorite news station on Sirius, which is classic radio, where mm-hmm. they replay radio programs right. from you know, the golden age of radio. And um, I actually said that to myself two weeks ago when one of the programs was um, sponsored by Philco and the character was named Phil. It's a woman. So that's, you know, it's a clever little uh, nickname for her. And of course they break in midway through with their ad, you know, about Philco. And then uh, the announcer as they're signing off uh, recommends that you, you know, start adding Philco products to your life. And it caught me that one day because they controlled the entire show. They produced the show, As opposed to, you know, welcoming you from Jell-O or Kellogg's and then having an ad and then signing off. They actually had a character named after the client. Well, many of them were very very tightly integrated into the program. Well, you did. You owned the program and the program couldn't do anything you didn't like. Like in a Jack Benny show on radio, we're talking here, uh, they would be doing a sketch of some kind and then some people would come in on the sketch and start singing the uh, yeah. whoever it would be at the time jello for example singing the jello mm-hmm. jingle and it would be part of the sketch and then they would continue the sketch it would be that tightly oh and i've been cracking up because i've been listening kind of a lot um but i it came to me that maybe i should look into that for some of my clients yeah, I, um, I think somebody's going to discover maybe that. Maybe going backwards. I, I think in terms of media and stuff that um, if you go back into how the world grew up and all the things that have been offered and how they were used and do we need to circle back? Because sometimes circling back makes some sense. But my fear is as I meet people, you know, 20 years younger than I or younger, they don't know or care about anything that happened on this planet before they were born. (laughs) And I mean, to all intents and purposes, you know, Frank Sinatra was an old man when I was around, but I'd seen all his movies. I knew every song he ever sang. And we have all these great resources, all these movies and radio programs, but they don't watch them. No, and so that that frustrates me. And so I was really excited to have this brainchild come up that you also had, obviously, of listening to old radio and going, huh, that's an idea. That's I an could idea. take that to someone and then take it to a local media and say, what do you think? Let's talk about newspapers and public relations to kind of wrap it up. Well, newspapers have to stay relevant, which means they've added digital as a faction. They, their websites are highly functioning. You can interact with them on their websites. The groups are doing better, like Gannett, because they're buying everything up. And then they throw newspaper ads in as kind of a, a gimme. And that's not really what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. And so I think specifically Gannett stayed super relevant to me as a buyer 
because they come in with a plan that will drive results that includes a variety of their products and services with the ad, the, the print ad kind of thrown in at the last minute as hmm. a gift with purchase. And they also now have ad buys where the first ad might be $1,500, but the second ad's six fifty, dollars And the third ad, by the time, if you bought the four ads that they say you have to buy to be successful, mm-hmm. I think they owe you money. <laughs> and I think that I, would be nice. I am like, you know what, you guys, this is brilliant. Yeah. Because if I run one ad, I won't be successful. Yeah. And you're telling me you don't want to interact with with me unless I'm going to be serious. And I I thoroughly appreciate it. So most of my clients are using digital, a little bit of print, maybe their magazine and certainly their online, um, their website opportunities. And so that was staying relevant. So while the actual paper might get thinner and thinner and at some point, may go away. But you know what you're hearing from kids today is, I want to read a book. I want to hold it in my hands. So books are coming back. Final records are coming back. So who's to say newspapers? You're a student of history, though. I often wonder if newspapers aren't victims of the same case study we always hear in business schools where they talk about the railroads. The railroads did not understand. They were once a very successful industry. they're still pretty successful. But they didn't understand that they were in the transportation business rather than just the railroad business. So consequently, we have FedEx uh, air freight instead of Union Pacific air freight. They didn't embrace these new technologies. Is that the problem in the newspaper industry? They they seem to cling to wanting to print a physical paper when clearly people want to have it on an iPad. I think that that is a Factor, but I think when big companies like Gannett take that seriously and put the newspaper in the mix where it should be, and they're really promoting themselves as a full service, it's changing. Everything's changing. And PR, boy, that one has changed so dramatically. Um, you can't just write a press release, send it out, sit back and wait for the desert sun to print it. They're not going to. Now you've got to submit your stuff to them. You've got to fill out their internet forms to even get the editor's attention. You can actually buy editorial on their online product. And then if the editor wants to run it in the paper, that may happen. The new school of PR takes far more hours, which means it's far more expensive. You do- Isn't PR free? Of course, because you don't pay for it. <laughs> it's like social media, it's free, yeah, right? you still write the press release, but we write it a little bit differently to be a more, very much back to who, what, when, where, how. Yeah. No fluff. And then we call our list of who we're trying to reach, whether it's regional, national, or local. We sc- get something out of that. We create a personalized email with their name and we lead in with, hey, Ken, we know that in the past you've really been a, big supporter of this nonprofit or whatever. And here's what they've got coming up. Here's just a brief, you know, paragraph, please call me or click the link to get the full press release. And we have still have tremendous success with our PR, mm-hmm. but it looks different. And I always tell a client, PR was never intended to replace an ad buy. They're not paid to sing your song. You have to make it newsworthy. And you make it newsworthy enough, they're going to beat a path. But what's the end result? You get one interview on a radio station, one interview on a TV station, and possibly, hopefully, cross your fingers, something in the desert sun. Mm-hmm. All right? That's that's it. Yeah. That's worth But that can be very meeting. powerful. That can be it very can, powerful. But it's because very... it breaks through the clutter of a traditional looking ads. It, yes, but it's the one off. It's like, okay, True. everyone talked about you. Yeah. And you want it far enough ahead that it actually sells tickets or it actually does what you need it to do. 
So then as the event gets closer, you've got these panicked clients that, you know, well, you kind of blew your shot with Patrick Evans because you wanted it a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Now you're a week out and you still have tickets. Now what do we do? Oh, well, okay, let us do our job now. (laughs) Now we create the PR. We create boosted Facebook posts. We create compelling content. We blog. We maximize the blog. We um, might buy a short radio schedule and, you know, really Radio works really well with call to action, really well with a date, time, place. We still use it tremendously for that. So I, I think you have to be super creative and you have to connect a lot of dots these days. And it's never the same thing. One of my biggest successes was when, unfortunately, Senator Kennedy had uh, his brain cancer and all his issues. I, I had a big medical client. I was driving in. I heard about it. I called the client. Do you got a neuro guy that can really speak about this illness? Right. Not as Ms., you know Senator Kennedy's doctor, of course. but um, And they're like, oh, heck yeah, we got one of the leading guys in the country. I called the three local TV stations. I said, do you want someone to come on and tell the public what this looks like? And for they him? were waiting for your call. Well, they didn't know they were, but they put them on. Exactly, and yeah. I connected a dot just by driving into work, listening to, oh, I don't know, local radio. Yep, that's how it's done. So I feel I was trained well and always rewarded by my clients for connecting a lot of dots. And it's something I, I spend a lot of my time on. And that's why it's called FG Creative. Yeah, I guess so. And it's actually <laughs> been pretty successful. And I, you How know, long we, have you been here? We are, have been in business 16 years wow. as FG Creative. And um, our first client was El Paseo Shopping District, and they're still a client. So Wonderful. Uh, we have sort of an average of seven to eight years with our clients, which is far above the national average with ad agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people get tired of you pretty quick and think the grass is greener. And it's, you know, yeah. as we all know, it's different grass. Yeah. Um, so we've, uh, I think, had a great career here and I've had a tremendous amount of fun. But what's nice these days with all the changes, uh, like you won't find big agencies anymore. A big agency is 30 people. Um, mm. Used to be what, how many, J. Walter Thompson had how many worldwide offices and how many global employees? Well, they're down to one office. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way the world is. And so I'm done the same. I've shrunk a little bit and I'm back more into the mode of being the strategic what if girl, because that's where you really want me, mm-hmm. um, is pushing and asking and connecting. And and uh, I can do all that with a less less of a staff to all intents and purposes. And I just want to, I want to less manage a business. I want to more, you know, be fun and creative and um, challenge my clients and myself. And so that's working out and I'm having a lot of fun. Great. Stephanie Green, thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. That was fun. This has been the Public Record Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. For the Public Record, Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. Our guest today has been Stephanie Green, the CEO of FG Creative. You can visit them at fgcreative.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>